Hello, <laughs> this is Bold Moves for Real Life, episode 7, for Real Life I Do's, featuring Amanda Dreyer. <laughs> We're so <Hello>. excited. <laughs> yeah, so thank excited. you for coming. Thank yes. you for having me. Our first guest star on the show. Oh, whoa, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> In the booth. That's great. <laughs> All right, we're sorry. We're having lots of technical difficulties, <laughs> so that's why we're a little bit late. You guys got an extra song beforehand, all you um, live listeners out there. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we want to start out by reviewing, reviewing our challenge from last week, which was find comfort in the uncomfortable. So we hope you guys participated in it, but we actually, Kenzie and I have a pretty uncomfortable story <laughs> that we tried to find comfort in um kenzie do you want to start start the story off or do you want me to tell it you can start i'll jump in if i have to okay <laughs> okay so it's friday night and we had a pretty crazy night studying kenzie and i um so we're in our student success center studying and all of the sudden um a guy comes up to us and just like out of nowhere and he goes, I just, I know you guys are really busy. Like, you guys look really busy. But I just had to come over here. And I'm not very good at pickup lines. Like, I don't have any pickup lines. But I really needed a diversion. And he goes, I mean conversation. And then <laughs> Kenzie goes, sorry, what? <laughs> and he goes, well, like, I've just been... Did, what did he say? Punching, pounding my pounding head my with coding for three, three hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his exact <laughs> words. <laughs> and I go, oh, so like been a rough week. And he goes, rough month actually. And he goes, you know, I just, I really had to get this off my chest. And but you guys look really busy. So yeah, but I just had to come over here and get this off my chest. And then he just walks away. Power walk. Bye. Gone. Disappeared. <laughs> and we were so confused. And we took a moment and we didn't say anything. And then no eye contact. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. And like the table next to us, these guys were just like staring at us like what just happened because they saw the whole encounter. Sorry. There's some loud noises here. <laughs> and so we took a second and we were like, um, are you are you uncomfortable with what just happened, Kenzie? And she was like, yep. And so then time goes by again. And I was like, Kenzie, you know, I'm still really unsettled. And she's like, yeah, me too. And then we just kind of started to spiral. And we were like, well, shoot. We do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a common theme for us. But she goes, like, I was like, what if that was like a cry for help and we didn't do anything? And she's like, oh, no, like, you're right. And then we're like, what if that was Jesus? Like, what if, what if like we were supposed to help him? And we, like, just did nothing. And we had just talked about in our small group the day before about how, like, are you too busy for God? And he had literally said busy, like, two or three times, like, very, like, emphasizing the word busy. And we're like, oh, my goodness. We just, like, turned God away. <laughs> and so then, yeah, it kind of got out of hand. We had to call Father Rob, and he calmed us down. But he said that we should take this as a time to grow and just to be prepared for next time to say, you know, you're loved and I'm praying for you. So we said a prayer for him and it was good, but 
we definitely needed to find some comfort because it was a pretty uncomfy situation. And I guess in like seeking help and reaching out to someone, that's like how we found the comfort in being uncomfortable. Because then once we heard like Father Rob saying, well, you guys like didn't turn him away, like he walked away or like now you know this is growth room for growth here so like that's where we found the comfort in being uncomfortable which was kind of cool experiencing i guess in the moment we were very shook right (laughs) (laughs) very jitzled yeah but yeah it was good (laughs) did you guys have any uncomfortable comfortable situations no i can't think of any off the top of my head yeah what about you amanda no Try to think. No, I uh, yeah, nothing comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Working at uh, high school, sometimes there's a lot of awkward situations <laughs> with high school students, but they're always pretty funny too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. makes for good stories. Yeah, yeah. for sure, <laughs> that's true. All right, Mary Rose, you want to take away our fun and fresh segment? Oh, you know what? Okay, so the first one is um, what it's called a mass of first procession. Profession? Mm. Profession. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. My notes were wrong. Mary Rose (laughs) was right. Editor. It's okay. Tonight is not the night. It's okay. That's good. (laughs) So anyway, what that is, is a mass. And during that mass, it's kind of, in a way, like a wedding. Um, It's where a novice, who is um, a girl who is in the convent in the process of becoming a sister Mm -hmm. she takes her first vows so i had never been to something like that before me neither but it was like oh so beautiful it was really really awesome to see the whole process and like the presentation of her veil and her rosary Mm -hmm. and her crucifix Mm -hmm. that was beautiful and just like the chapel we were in and i don't know just being with everyone and then Father Rob was one of the um, priests that said Mass. Mm-hmm. And the order that she was joining, one of our bestie gals, mm-hmm. Sister Carolyn, <laughs> yeah, she a is a part out. of that. <laughs> so she was actually the one that kind of invited us to come and witness that awesome event. So I'm, I was so, so, so thankful we got to experience that. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. That's really cool. So, yeah. And then... <laughs> The next one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> on a completely different note. Amanda, I'm so excited for you to I am this. so oh, excited. Wow. I totally forgot I'm about excited. this. Just get ready. It's okay. going to change your life. Oh. So it's a product you can purchase at your local grocery store. Walmart. Walmart. Anywhere. Yeah. Uh, like Walmart. $2. Right here in Edwardsville. Mm-hmm. I Actually, I went to Walmart today, and they're $179. $179. A deal. You that? A steal. A steal. That's a steal and a deal. Yeah. And oh, you just wait. They're healthy. <laughs> they are. So, they're <laughs> called Bon Bon Del Monte Grape Tomatoes. And oh, the <laughs> best. <laughs> the best tomatoes ever. Uh, Kenzie, I think we should tell, it sounds tell like them. Yeah, I think we should tell them why we <laughs> discovered their greatness or how okay, we came well, to it. It's so funny because... Greatness. <laughs> <laughs> okay so like we were at a newman night on thursday and i was craving a cookie you know as, like but with wow 90 yeah we couldn't have cookies we and have we just cookies. kept passing the cookies yeah and so i was like okay well i'll take the next best thing on the table and grab this bag of tomatoes and just eat a few like <laughs> grape tomatoes 
As one does. And Kenzie right. was like, Maggie, do you want to try one? And in my mind, I was like, whatever. These are going to be gross, and I just want a cookie, but whatever. Yeah, no, because, like, I ate one, and it was really good. And I was like, I need to tell people about these tomatoes. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> and so I gave one to Maggie, and her reaction was exactly what I was feeling. <laughs> this is what it felt like when I bit into it. So I'm really sad you can't see my hand gesture right now. <laughs> but really, it was like... Mm. and like yeah that was what it's it so felt good. Like. because like you bite into it the outside is crisp and like crunchy yeah. yeah and then like the inside is so juicy and <laughs> incredible i'm so mad it's like I was a little tart it. a little sweet perfect oh they're the best so tomatoes fun. and i was so worried that like it was just that bag or yeah i was just craving like something and i was like oh this is great it was my body telling me that like this was a cookie you know like in the moment (laughs) and so then when we got the grape tomatoes i facetimed kenzie and i'm like i'm scared to try them like what if they're not the same and so i facetimed her and she could tell right when i bit into it i heard the crunch (laughs) through the phone that's how great these tomatoes are wow so yeah please try (gasps) these tomatoes even if you're not tomato lovers they might make you tomato lovers yeah Del Monte. Great. A great yeah. crunchy snack for well. your afternoon cravings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that very excitement, or <laughs> excitement, exciting, passionate talk uh, concludes the fun and fresh segment for yes. this week. Yes. Great. Great job. Mm. Thank you. All right. So should we introduce how we know Amanda? Yeah. Yeah. How do you know me? <laughs> how do we know you? All right. Well, Amanda... Um, we were actually introduced um, to her through Father Rob. That's right. And, yeah, he they go back, way back, like college. Way, <laughs> way back. Way back to way. a few years ago in college. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Focus mi- Missionaries, yeah, you did. Yeah, with you, Focus, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he introduced us to her, and he told us that she would be great um, – for if we ever needed advice or like just to help us grow in our faith and like another young woman to talk to and help us so we're very grateful for her and it's like a coffee date we all like yeah yeah like a intro coffee date yeah Yeah. it was where we actually talked about the coffee shop on an episode Mm -hmm. it was i think our first episode we talked about artisan yeah Mm -hmm. two 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 yes bakery yeah Mm -hmm. we met there such Mm -hmm. great coffee yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it was good so that's how we know Amanda. Yeah. And so we're really excited to have her, and she is going to talk to us all about her marriage and how she um, came to that vocation and kind of her story and um, her and her husband's relationship. So we're excited to get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> all right. So, Amanda, do you want to give us, like, a quick, like, background of, like, kind of your faith and, like, how you came to your faith? Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of grew up in a family that was just kind of nominally Catholic. We went to Mass on Sundays, we prayed before dinner, and that was about it. I I went to a, a Catholic high school, and I remember a retreat, but I don't think it had much effect on me and my faith. Um, and so it wasn't until I went to the University of Illinois and actually um, lived at the Newman Center on campus and really started to get to know people there and some focused missionaries who showed me what it looked like to be a faithful Catholic but also a full-time student. And there was no contradiction in the two. And so I started to really go deeper in my faith, ask questions, participate in a Bible study, 
And my faith grew so much that I just continued to desire a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, that changed the game for my relationship also with my family because this was something that, you know, we never talked about this stuff at all at home. And so it was really, it was really new and so new that as an engineer, so I studied engineering in college and I was planning to go work for a big company after I graduated, that it was something that I just had this call to um, take that relationship with Christ and had a desire to share that with others and become a missionary, like those that had really spent time with me. And so, um, yeah, I really uh, went down the path of becoming a missionary, turned down my engineering job and um, just kind of saw some kind of uh, dissension from the family, from the parents in that decision initially, um, but over the course of time, just really saw the blessing of God in my family because of that decision, I think. And um, so now to the point of experiencing not only a relationship with Christ myself, but actually getting to talk about it with my father, my mother, my siblings, who are all now really practicing the faith. So it's been, yeah, a really incredible journey, but um, something that, yeah, I didn't, didn't have initially, um, but something that just really grew, I think starting, yeah, in college and now is obviously continuing to grow, but. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I also wanna just say, just so our listeners know, that um, we are accepting callers. So if you wanna call in (laughs) and ask us questions or ask Amanda a question, (laughs) we're open. (laughs) A live radio show with questions. (laughs) This is great. <laughs> okay, so next question. Next Ladies, question. do you have any other questions right now that come to your mind? I think those are good. Yeah, overall. All right, so. Good, good, good foundation. Good foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd love to. So, how did you discern marriage? How did you know that was your calling in life? Well, that's the next big question. Get right into jumping. We are going right in there. Going in right in there. Okay, well, um, I guess I, looking kind of at my life, I've always had a desire in my heart for marriage and family. Um, Something that, you know, at certain seasons of my life was more, I guess, hidden than at other times or sort of quiet, if you will, if like your desires can be quiet. (laughs) Um, But they were always present. And so at different seasons, um, I had curiosities of really, discerning what I was being called to. I kind of, through my experience of growing in my faith, particularly in college, um, really understood this idea that we were all called to holiness, no matter what vocation. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, shoot, like no matter what vocation I'm called to, like I want to, I want to do this right. Like I want to become a saint. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I want to discern and listen to what you um, have planned for me because I want to be the happiest. I want to become a saint for you. And so um, kind of that desire opened up the possibility of all vocations. Um, I had a period in college where I really started thinking seriously about religious life. And so I went in college and then even as a focus missionary, I visited several religious communities um, with retreats or even just visits to kind of see the community life and Um, kind of experienced the joy in seeing that that way of life was so beautiful 
and taking that to my own personal prayer and just um, constantly going back to the Father and saying, like, Lord, like, I desire what you want. Increase my desire for the vocation that you've created for my heart. And um, kind of over time, even with the changes that I experienced in my life, that desire for marriage and family was always present. And it was something that kind of never went away. And it was just the question of, you know, if this is what I'm called to, like, where's my man, Padre? (laughs) 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 Accurate. Relatable. Yeah. So, um, So it was kind of realizing that to continue to further discern marriage actually had to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so um, just, yeah, continuing in that prayer of really asking the Lord um, if this was something that he wanted to fulfill in terms of my desire to really give me the opportunity to grow in a friendship with someone in a relationship so that I could discern that. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. All right. Um, do, was there like anything like you would say you took away most from your single years, like before you met your husband, mm-hmm. before you got married? Yeah, I had a lot of sing- single years. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> sometimes it was hard to really accept that I was single because everything that I wanted was to be in a relationship or to be mm-hmm. married or to have a family. Um, and so, so much of that uncertainty left me kind of restless but in other times realizing um, through a lot of good mentorship from good priests and really good virtuous friendships of seeing that the time that I had being single was a really beautiful gift. That that time was so special because of the availability that I had to give of myself. And so, you know, you're gonna be giving of yourself at all times and all vocations call you to make a gift of yourself, you know, and love. And as a single person, you're just so available to give the gift of yourself everywhere and to anyone. And so whether it was like going out to serve or uh, spending time growing relationships and friendships or really pursuing um, hobbies and things where I could be joyful in recreating myself, um, things like running Um, or reading or scrapbooking, um, things like that. Um, But also, you know, going out and spending time with people in the community and doing things that I wouldn't necessarily always be able to do if I was married or I had a family. And so kind of realizing that the gift of being single was and hopefully would be like only a season in my life and that to recognize it as a gift instead of something that I was just trying to get rid of. I think I caught myself a lot of times thinking so much about the future that wasn't actually happening, that I wasn't really taking note of what I was living in the present and being grateful for that. And so there was probably a lot of, yeah, missed opportunities for things that were just right in front of me and in my reality. But kind of recognizing that, you know, being single, I, yeah, had a great gift to get up whenever I want, sleep (laughs) in, take naps, like, you know, go wherever, do whatever. And there was not this kind of capacity that I needed to even, you know, think about one particular person. Mm -hmm. But um, in that front, there were some, you know, those things as well. So 
yeah, there's a lot of um, goodness in that to really focus on this time and to grow um, your heart and the capacity to give. So to learn now in this time of singleness what it means to give a, make a gift of yourself. Wow. And mm. so in learning that, yeah, I think I, you know, was able to learn that. Um, and it helped prepare me then to make a gift of myself to one particular person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's really good advice. Because yeah. I think, I know me, I think a lot of people struggle with just like the wanting to get the singleness out of the way, you know, mm-hmm. just like the wanting to get to the next step or like mm-hmm. wanting to know who you're going to marry or like all this stuff. Yeah. But I think it's important, like you said, to be present in what's happening like right now because mm-hmm. then you miss it. Yeah. Yeah. And just like that awkward situation of, you know, that guy that came up to you at the table, like you're constantly being asked to make a gift of yourself, even just mm-hmm. in your time and your attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so... Like, if you can learn how to do that now while you're single, it's just going to make your heart so much more capable of choosing that for a spouse, which, let me tell you, it is not always easy. (laughs) 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 So it's good to learn that now. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Okay, so can you tell us about... um, like the story of how you met your husband and kind of what led you to him? Yeah, my husband. Um, so I had recently moved to the area. Um, I moved to Edwardsville five years ago. Wow, I've lived, been living here five years. Um, <laughs> and I moved into Edwardsville and really, I had moved around a lot um, years during college and after college with the different things that I did. And I had kind of learned over the course of all these different transitions that I needed to be part of a community. And so when I moved here, that's the first thing I thought of, like, where is my community? What can I get involved in so that I can start to make friendships with people? And so I um, started attending mass at St. Boniface in Edwardsville and found out that they were having a young adult Bible study that was starting. And so I had met some people, actually a couple in the area, a young couple that was going to host this young adult Bible study and um, just kind of started spending time with them, became friends with them and started participating in this study. And they had met my now husband um, through an event at church and had told me that they had this really great guy that I thought that I would like. (laughs) He was also an engineer and he was um, into his faith and was coming to mass. And I was like, okay, great. That sounds wonderful. Um, But I had not seen him or met him for like, you know, six months. Um, We started this Bible study and I was kind of helping this couple to lead the study. And so I came in late one night and there was this guy sitting on the couch who was the guy that they were talking about (laughs) and I remember coming into the Bible study and it was something where you know in Bible studies you like have discussion within your group and this dude wasn't saying anything like he was (laughs) silent and I was like oh my gosh like what is up with him he's not even talking he's not participating 
I just thought he was super weird. And <laughs> so it wasn't for like weeks until finally was able to actually have a conversation with him and talk to him for the first time. And it was over the course of those weeks that I started to really get to know him um, in a friendship. And it was awesome. Like that's also a really good kind of thing. You can really get to know somebody in groups. Like yeah. you don't need mm-hmm. to just, you know, be alone with them. It was because I could see him interact with other people. There were lots of children in this Bible study um, because there were a lot of young parents. And so I would see him like take care of these young babies Mm -hmm. and kids. And so Mm -hmm. I would observe all these different things and like, whoa, like there's something about this guy. Um, And it just really struck me. Um, And so, yeah, we first met. He'll say that that first night that I walked in, he was like, whoa, like immediately taken. And he just, he kind of knew like this is, yeah, he wanted to pursue my heart. Um, It just took me a little bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) And you told us earlier when we were talking that you dated and it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Our I think our hearts are just really open to finding our vocation, both of us. Um, we were both the same age and um, kind of being in that company of that community of friends, we were feeling very comfortable in growing our friendship together. And at one point, um, I, yeah, really had an interest of wanting to get to know this man, like, you know, individually. And I remember when he asked me out and we um, we went out, we had a period of a couple of weeks where we where we dated and we really were being intentional with our relationship. And yeah, it just didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out the first one. So we had to go to a version 2.0, <laughs> yeah. which was like many years or not many years, I guess a couple few years later. So, well, I think that like just shows you like, the timing has to be just yeah. right, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It has to be God's timing. For sure, yeah. You can't force it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what else do we have here? I want to ask you about um, before you met your husband, yeah. you were engaged. Can you talk a little bit about that? I was, yeah. Um, so I had been living on the East Coast um after college, I served with Focus as a missionary and then did some other work, um, just various different things. I worked for a nonprofit um, doing international policy and law. Um, and then I started my teaching career and was living on the East Coast and um, was in a relationship there. And we had prayerfully discerned that we wanted to um, to get married. And so, you know, this man was a man of God and we um, kind of did all the right things and we're preparing ourselves uh, for this vocation and it um, soon after we were engaged it just things became uh, rocky and you know one thing led to the next and the whole relationship just was off you know he made the decision to to kind of break it off Um, and so that was a really big experience of suffering uh, in my life that um, in the moment was so hard and dark and difficult, but looking over the course of the years has been such a beautiful source of goodness that's come from it. Um, You know, it's weird to kind of say that I was engaged to be married once Mm -hmm. before and now, um, you know, married. right now 
Um, but the experience was was one in which I learned a lot of things. I mean, I could probably talk forever about it, but yeah. um, some of the things, you know, just kind of being really uncomfortable and brought to a really low place, recognizing that no matter what I did, I couldn't raise myself up, that I really had to lean on Christ to pick me up from that mm-hmm. situation and um, to really continue to take one step forward and trust that good would come out of something that was so not so good, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which God always does. You know, he promises that he brings about the good of all of all things, even of the greatest evils. You know, he brings about great good. Mm-hmm. And so for me, yeah, to learn what it meant to to trust God in the suffering, um, to persevere through it, and to recognize that it was through that suffering, the wounds that, I mean, they still are in my heart, you know, and mm-hmm. in my deepest soul, but that from those wounds, like, God has brought a beautiful, yeah, goodness from them that has allowed me I think a greater capacity to love because of it, um, and just an, an experience in which I can, you know, share with those who have gone through broken relationships. You know, the capacity of being able to understand or empathize with mm-hmm. those types of things, like th- even just that gift itself. But yeah, I've really seen that God's made new what was broken, yeah. and I. I am so grateful now. I don't. I wasn't able to say that at all mm-hmm. before, but now looking back, I am really grateful that he allowed me to experience those things and something for which I remember. You know, I was talking to um, a priest who was kind of counseling me through the the difficulty, and I thought of that experience as kind of like a. You know, you hit the hit the bricks and it's just over. Life is shattered. Never again to come out. And, you know, he kind of walked me through this perspective of, you know, to me, it seemed like the end of the world. But in terms of the experience that I had, you know, from potentially, you know, perspective of the father of looking at a storm and something for which he knew that he would be with me and endure and that in the moment in which I thought my world was over, his sigh of relief and realizing that we had weathered this storm together oh, and wow. that good things would be coming. Yeah. And I've always thought of that image because, yeah, he brought about great good, that more good than I could have ever even imagined for myself. Um, and I can, I can see that now. I'm grateful that I can see that now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I loved you were saying earlier um, before we started the show, but you mentioned like you were so heartbroken Mm -hmm. and your heart was shattered. Mm -hmm. And like instead of like putting the pieces back together, you said that he kind of, you think like God gave you a new heart, like a bigger heart. Yeah. I think that was beautiful. Yeah. Just I I can consistently have this image that, you know, our father is one who um, loves abundantly and just like is never outdone in generosity and I saw my heart in pieces but you know I know my father and he's not one to just kind of super glue the pieces back together (laughs) and you know 
kind of see all this um, kind of makeshift uh, heart take place, but one that, you know, he, he gave me a new heart that had a greater capacity to love in the midst of um, that sorrow. It still has, I think it bears the wounds of that brokenness that even now through my vocation and is kind of um, one of the, the roles of my husband is to kind of help me in that healing. It still bears those wounds, but through those wounds, like, you know, Jesus' wounds on the cross, mm-hmm. you know, he rose and he still bore those mm-hmm. wounds even after yeah. he rose. And so, yeah, so I just see this like beautiful new heart that has a capacity to even greater love even more so than before the the hardship took place. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Definitely. I was going to ask another question, but I can't remember. Do you ladies have any questions before? I know. You're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, MC Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I lost my train of thought. My notes aren't too good <laughs> okay. tonight. Um <laughs> Oh, I know what I was going to say. Can you um, explain, because we had, I know all three of us had never heard of this, so I don't think a lot of people know about this, but can you explain to us um, what you and your husband did? Your, you called it a betrothal ceremony, is yeah. that right? Yeah, yep. Okay. So when my husband and I um, started dating, we, from the from the get-go, were very intentional with our um, desires and um, expressing them to each other and we we both felt called um, to marriage and we wanted to pursue that and we wanted to do it you know in in, a, in the right way and we had been presented with some material about a betrothal ceremony within the church um, it's within the canon and it's a ceremony that's not really used within the United States we were told that in other countries, they actually use this ceremony um, frequently. Um, but the betrothal ceremony is one in which we could begin our period of engagement and actually um, have our engagement blessed so that that time of preparation leading up to our marriage would be one in which Christ was dwelling with us in that. And so it was just a really beautiful, it had almost the same identity as um, the marriage vows Mm -hmm. with just slight alteration of the words and so in saying like instead of saying like I take you to be my wife or my husband um, you know the wording was such of like I I will promise to take you as my husband in you know in this time frame and just making that intention before God and asking him to bless the relationship and the engagement um the ring was blessed before it was put on my finger. So my husband um, held out the ring and father, you know, blessed the ring. And before he put it on my finger, on each of the fingers leading up to it, he would say, in the name of the father, and then moved one finger oh, in the name of the goodness. son. Oh, that's so beautiful. In the name of the Holy Spirit, and then placed the ring on my finger. Um, so that was the first time I saw the ring. Like there was no, you know, oh big like surprise. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's beautiful. Yeah. So. Um, I think everyone should have a betrothal. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. We invited our family. Um, so both he and I had just our family present. Um, so the ceremony, ceremony takes place. And then um, 
you don't have to, but we had a mass right right after. Awesome. And so it was just kind of this beautiful start that we had our families present to witness the beginning of our engagement, um, asking the Lord to abide with us so that we could um, abide more closely with him and to begin that journey together. And so um, that was that was our start of our engagement. That's awesome. Yeah. And speaking of the word abide, that was the title of their first dance that they had at their wedding. So if our listeners want to check it out, it's Abide by Matt Marr, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All right. It's yeah. a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. You guys should check it out. Mm-hmm. Very good song. Right. And, okay, so now that you've been married, you said eight months? Yeah, eight months. So what has been, like, the hardest part of the <laughs> the biggest adjustment, yeah. the biggest adjustment. or like what you did not expect oh wow so many things <laughs> um well i i mean i think there's difficult things on a day-to-day basis you know like um I think it was Father Mike Schmitz. He talks about, like, marriage is not about you. Like, it's totally mm-hmm. about, you know, making a gift of yourself and a sacrifice for the other. And that's totally what it is. You know, I I don't think um, I was ready for I don't know if maybe you're ever ready. But I, the daily sacrifice, the daily needing to put the other person's good ahead of your own was just something that, just kind of like stood in front of me like this is an everyday thing like I don't just have to do this once you know it's easy when you're dating when you go on a nice date dinner and then a movie and then the night's over and you're like oh my gosh that was so wonderful and then it's a few days before you go on another date Mm -hmm. and so you just go from date to date and you're like this is awesome but then when you're like married and you're living with somebody you see like everything on a day-to-day basis and you recognize that I don't just have to choose to love them on the fun times Mm -hmm. like it's all the time Mm -hmm. and even in the times when it's not so easy and um so that just kind of realization was something that maybe maybe I knew but I didn't know what it was going to be like to live in you know Mm -hmm. and so that was something that kind of really um struck me and stood out to me something that's so beautiful like when it's so beautiful to choose to love my husband every day um and there's great joy that comes from it um but it is difficult at times to do it you know whether you're tired or you're stressed out or he's just annoying you (laughs) you know like it's just it's always it's hard to do that every day but yeah. that's what that's what I'm called to, and when I do, like it grows my heart again. It grows me um, as a person, and uh, it's my job to get him to heaven. So, yeah. like I have to do that, and at the same time, yeah, he's seeking to to sacrifice for me so that um, he can get me to heaven. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That kind of ties into the next thing I wanted to talk about, or I wanted you to talk about, was when. You mentioned, like, the triangle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. With, like, if you're moving towards, if you're both moving towards Christ, you get closer than if you're just moving horizontally towards yeah, each other. for sure. Yeah, that was kind of, like, spurred on by even the conversation that we talked about on Thursday at that at the group, kind mm-hmm. of um, over the book, and just thinking about the importance of making time for the Lord. It was kind of a big realization for me um, over the course of our transition being married, um, we both had 
prayer lives before we were married and we were praying daily and you know going to mass um, receiving the sacrament of reconciliation um, consistently and it was interesting because when we got married it was like whoa we got to come up with a new schedule and a new routine <laughs> and believe it or not like it was really difficult it was like we had done this on our own but now we got to figure this out together and so that was something that um, kind of really over the course of the transition we we learned but you know going to your question um, when we realized that we really needed to start making time for personal prayer again because it was just so important our relationship with Christ is what fulfills us not each other um, it helped us to really verify that you know in terms of relationships you actually grow closer to um, the person that you're with this could be a friendship too when you're actually focused on something outside of yourselves um, something you know transcendent or bigger than yourself when you're looking at each other you know it's just self-focused but when you're looking at um, something bigger than yourself God for example and you're trying to run in terms of relationship with him it's kind of like moving up a pyramid or a mountain you know mm -hmm. image of like if I'm pursuing Christ and my spouse is pursuing Christ then the more that we continue to pursue Christ we're kind of moving up this pyramid or mountain closer and closer to him and by nature of the triangle itself you're actually horizontally getting closer and closer together mm -hmm. and so that would be it's it's much more of the path to which we're called than if we were just to be at the base of that mountain looking towards each other and trying to get there on our own that distance mm -hmm. is so far right and a lot of people I think yeah in today's society try to do that on their own effort and it's really difficult yeah. and I mean you could talk about a lot of things there but <laughs> you know when you're pursuing Christ and you're looking at him then you're actually growing closer to one another and so that's something we're even realizing now in marriage like you know my husband's never going to satisfy totally the desires of my heart Mm -hmm. Only Christ will do that. And the same thing for me and to him. Like, I can never make him totally happy, no matter how hard I try. Mm -hmm. Only Christ is going to be able to do that. So if we can recognize that his focus is what we need to be focused on, then we're actually going to become closer in our relationship to one another. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important, too, for people to hear. Because I feel like a lot of times... Like in relationships, you're so focused on like just the other person, each other, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. for sure. And you for kind sure. of, and it's kind of natural too. Like you know, you, like you see the other person, you spend time with them, you're kind of naturally desirous of one another, and it's hard to kind of take that focus outside of self and to both look at a common goal. But like, you know, if there are any runners out there, you know, it's kind of the analogy of, you know, if I was just looking at somebody I was running with, we'd never get towards the finish line. You know, and so mm. it's kind of like a race. You know, you have a common goal, and you're both striving for it. And the the more and more that you focus on that goal, like the closer that you become in sharing that experience together. You know, of running. Um, and so it could be even true for friendships. Mm. You know, like maybe you think about the friendships that you have in your life, and maybe you kind of do a quick inventory or just kind of look at, you know, the relationships that I have that are rooted in Christ or both of us are maybe pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ, those friendships tend to be more virtuous, more mm -hmm. authentic, more genuine. Mm -hmm. Like, is that just a coincidence? I, I don't think so. 
Yeah. And so it's just kind of something to think about. Like, you know, when we look beyond ourselves, it actually draws us closer. And those are the friendships that are really authentic. And those are the ones that we were, were made for. Yeah. I love that because I think sometimes you forget, like, I don't know, I feel like you forget that, like, when you're both pursuing Christ, that then you come closer together. Because I know, like, with these girls here, like, I just feel so close to them. And sometimes I'm like, why do I feel so close with them? But it's like, mm-hmm. we're all, like, pursuing Christ and God. And, like, it just brings us closer together. Mm-hmm. So I really love that. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I always forget that we've only known each other for how many months? Like, not that many. <laughs> like, yeah. Six, not even six? Six months? Right. Like, it feels like we've known each other forever and ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that, like, closeness and comfort that, you know, you can only feel through Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it good yeah great okay so what would you say is the biggest blessing that you've received from your marriage that maybe you didn't expect well the first blessing that comes to mind is um this child that we are expecting <laughs> yes, yes. we're so excited <laughs> yeah we're so excited. <laughs> a burst of joy little baby <laughs> Baby's first radio show. Wow. Wow. I, bet, I, I think Baby can hear us for I, sure. I think so, yeah. <laughs> what fruit is he or, oh, he yeah. or she? We don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a surprise. So right now the baby is the size of an ear of corn. Oh. oh interesting. What if it was a tomato? That would be so fun. The funny thing about your story interest rate right, was that my husband loves tomatoes. Oh. So Has he I tried those? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I have to ask him. Oh, he yeah. will. Yeah. Oh, please let us know what he thinks. Call us yes. when he tries yes. it. Yes. Del Monte. Yeah. Del Monte, Del Monte. Bonbon. Bonbon. And they're in like a, they're in like, because you know how some grape tomatoes are in like a little container, like yeah. it's kind of yeah, circular. Yeah, yeah. These are in a bag, like a Ziploc bag. It's oh. yellow. It's yeah, yellow. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to have oh, to. Oh, Kenzie has a picture. picture. Oh. I have a picture. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to try that. Yeah, he... His family is from Quincy, and his father actually has a little um, kind of vegetable and fruit kind of, um, what do you call it, like a plot on the side of their house. And so they grow corn, they grow tomatoes, cucumbers, the whole thing. And so he's grown up with, like, fresh homegrown tomatoes his entire life. So I think he would consider himself a tomato snob. And, <laughs> and so, so I hope he likes these. I was going to say, yeah. I know. He I, will. But I, I, I don't have a doubt in my mind. Yeah, no. seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just hope, I'm sure, he'll show, they're all good. I was like, don't get a bad batch. But is there even yeah, a no. bad batch? That's not like so. Nope. Yeah, just make it, maybe make sure, me and Kenzie, when we were at the store picking out our bags, <laughs> we got two each. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one of them's already gone. Anyway. <laughs> Um, just make sure they're like a little bit firm. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. you don't want mushy. So you actually have to. Just well, like I mean, like like through them. the bag. when we were like testing it, them, like there wasn't a huge difference. We were yeah. just being very picky. Okay. Yeah, but we wanted like, them to be good. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. I'm sure they'll be good. Okay. Report back though. We'd love <laughs> to yeah, hear. I will report back with his feedback. Good. So <laughs> our final question before we get into like our song challenge prayer um, would be, or at least my final question. If you ladies have another question, go ahead. But would be like what would advice if you could give listeners like who are discerning marriage or who th- want to get married? What would be your advice to them? That's a good question. Um, I wouldn't consider myself like an expert at all. So <laughs> this is um, this is just merely from my own you know experience. Um, my husband and I were married when we were thirty three. So 
um, for both of us, it was a long journey and just kind of waiting on the promises of the Lord and trusting that he would fulfill the desires of our heart. And I think I can speak for both of us that that was not an easy journey to wait through. Um, and so I think a lot of times and maybe, you know, anyone who is listening, you know, in their present reality, um, a lot of times we also, we look at our reality and we're like, gosh, I just really wish I was doing this mm-hmm. or I was doing something other than what is what I'm currently living. Um, I even experience that now, you know, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, God is always faithful and you know, even through my own experience of the suffering and the hardships and the different transitions and waiting a long time. And I am so grateful. Um, I would never take it back. Um, obviously, yeah, I can, re- I receive the gift now, but to stay present in that moment of recognizing that Christ wants so much to expand your heart now for the great purposes that he has in store. And to not waste time looking forward or behind, but to staying present in the moment in which he's giving you because he wants to grow your heart. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that would be something that I would advise, no matter what vocation he's calling you to, um, you have to grow in relationship with him first because he's mm-hmm. the one that's going to fulfill your heart no matter whether you're called to be a priest, whether you're called to be a religious consecrated, single, um, married, what have you, no matter what you're called to, he's always going to be the one to satisfy your heart. So knowing that, to spend this time wherever you are now and growing your relationship with him, do it. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you for that. Ladies, do you have any questions? Because I think I might have one more. <laughs> yes. I love it. You I go for it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, we were talking earlier, but can you, like, because you, we were saying how, like, you were saying that, like, there's not just, like, one person for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, how, like, it could be, like, several different people you mm-hmm. could marry. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you discern, like, your husband? And, like, can you explain how, you know, there's no, like, one right person for each yeah. So maybe yeah, just, like, yeah, touch yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, what we were, we were talking about, because Father Mike Schmitz is just, like, a, a very wise priest. <laughs> very wise. <laughs> very wise. Yeah. We were talking about some of his videos and some of the things he's talked about on the topic of marriage and maybe the common kind of worries and concerns that I think probably we've all shared at one point. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, is there one person? If I'm called to marriage, is there one person for me? And do I need to? spend my time trying to look for them Mm -hmm. and I think the premise behind that kind of idea is that I could spend an entire lifetime looking for somebody that I think God has in store for me but like I'm totally closing myself off to what he wants to give me in the present so it's going back to that idea of being present to the present and (laughs) um, recognizing that we have an intellect we have a will and the capacity to choose with that and so you know, when I think about all the possibilities of the men in the world, seven billion divided by two, I guess. That's a lot of um, numbers. You know, there's a lot of co- <laughs> there's a lot of possibilities of men who could probably make a commitment, same way with their intellect and will, and choose to enter into the vocation. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot of guys that I could have married, 
And I don't think that's weird to say that. Yeah. You know, so I don't think we have to like kind of focus on, you know, is there just this one person I either need to wait for or sit in the muck and just like sit at my table pretending <laughs> like I'm studying, but then occasionally looking up for my books and being like, oh my gosh, he just walked in. Is that him? <laughs> I don't think that's what we need to do. Oh, that's really funny. Um, that is. But so true, right? Yeah. 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 For real, relatable. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not, it's not like that. I think, you know, God works through the things that you're involved in and the things and the friendships that you have. And so he reveals himself through your reality. It's not something that Mm -hmm. I have to go looking for. Like God enters into the reality of your existence. Oh, wow. That's so. I've never heard that. And so in like experiencing the day-to-day, like you're being given constantly so many different things, the friends that you have, the classes, um, even the hardships. But through the given, through the reality, that's where I come to know how Christ works in my life. And so it's the same thing where, you know, even for my story, coming to that young adult Bible study, I was just getting involved in something that I was following. And that's where I met this man who I desired to grow in friendship with. And both of us chose to do that as well. And then from there, you know, the rest went on. But, you know, we didn't have to, we got involved in the things in which we were placed in. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So mm-hmm. where you're at, what can you give yourself to? What can you be involved in? And to look like how is God moving in those circumstances, not somewhere else, not t- trying to find something that's maybe, you know, he's not going to make it difficult and be like, hey, I'm going to put your husband under this bush. And, <laughs> like, you need to Play go hide find and seek, him. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So wise. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, awesome. you're welcome. It's awesome. So do we want to play our song? Yeah. And we want to tell the listeners that we usually do a song and a prayer, but this song is actually called The Marriage Prayer by what? who is it, the singer? John Waller. John Waller. And so we thought this could serve as both the prayer and the song so for our listeners listening on the podcast sadly this will not you will not be able to hear it but if you just search the marriage prayer by john waller you will find it all right we're back yeah we hope you liked the song it was beautiful beautiful song i thought it was beautiful all right um our challenge for next week or for this week is going to be to embrace like the season in your life that you're in so if you're single embrace the singleness and know that it's preparing you for something greater and to just be present in the now Mm -hmm. yeah and i know there are also some listeners that are married out there so like some of our parents are listening in Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's all the more opportunity for you to embrace the your season of marriage and maybe like take a second out to Pray with your spouse or just take yeah. a minute to like say I love you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. That's great advice, mm-hmm. Kenzie. That's beautiful. Oh, and we also have a Bible verse to share. So this is actually from part of the reading that was this Sunday at Mass. It was was it the second reading? Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is first Corinthians thirteen verses four through seven, and it is Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs, 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So, I love that verse, first of all. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. But How also, fitting to our topic. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but for like kind of a second challenge, if you want to do this, um, I actually did this last night, and I just thought it was really helpful and therapeutic. But Father Rob, when he was giving his homily, he talked about those verses, and he said he he was like, I ask you, or like I kind of beg you to take time and sit with this reading and these verses and break down the um, the verse and then write, journal, or reflect on like what love you've experienced in your life that has been this like God God like authentic love in your life and so he would like he shared in his homily like his experiences so like when you break down like love is patient love is kind like what comes to your mind and like what love have you experienced from God that is patient and kind and then go to the next line um I don't even remember what the next line is it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud so just kind of like go through the verse and break it apart and then like you like when I was doing it I found like so many examples in my life that I like what like I did not like I kind of forgot or like I wouldn't have thought would fit those things but it was just really cool to see all the different areas um in my life where God has been present and like God's love has been shown because I think sometimes we're like oh well like I can't feel God's love but like God's love is tangible and he's in the relationships and he's in um like our everyday lives just by like us living in community with others mm-hmm. so. yeah. Yeah. amen Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we thank you so much amanda for being here with yes, us thank you so much. had a great yes. time thanks for having me this was really yeah, great so fun <laughs> any last words ladies oh i think we're good i think we're good all right so it's been real thanks for listening from maggie mary rose amanda and mackenzie and always remember to be authentic be faithful and be bold.